Small Business Focus on The Money Show. So we're joining us tonight, Pavlo Vatidis, you know him. You've heard him many times, Director and CEO of the Auric Business Incubator. Joining us in our Joburg studios, good evening, Pavlo. Good evening, Ray. Right, what makes your business special? Is it your service, your product, your relationship? How does being special make a difference to the way you build your business? And why does it matter or does not matter at all? And when you walked through the, the, the doors this evening and said, Ray, you are special, I thought you were mocking me. But you weren't. <laughs> you were actually saying, why is your business special? Yeah. What do you well, mean by that? What makes you special? What makes you, you know, special? There's a, there's a very fancy business term for special. It's called positioning. So how do you position yourself to stand out from the crowd? Really, at the end of the day, it's about what makes you special. So often when I meet entrepreneurs, they say, you know, my service makes me special. Okay. And if people are making a physical product, so let's say a baker. Oh, my croissant recipe, it, it's a killer. It sets me aside from everyone else. And someone might turn around and say, I've got such great connections. You know, I've got relationships. And at the end of the day, I sit down and I listen to these things and I go right back to what the purpose of an entrepreneur should be, which is to build an asset of value. And I try and assess it from that perspective and say, does a great recipe for a croissant really make you special? Because quite honestly, Ray, if I were to buy your business or start my own and compete with you as a baker, it's simply a fact of time and money before I have a better recipe than you do for that croissant. So what makes you special is not always that obvious. But doesn't, isn't it sort of an evolution? In other words, I know of a restaurant. They've got the best ribs I go to that restaurant, I fly to Cape Town to have just those ribs because I love them so much. They're special. And they will, but they will continue being special for a very long time. Well, not necessarily. Because here's the thing. It depends on where that recipe resides and sits. And most importantly, it depends on who opens up next door. What if the Mr. Rib in South Africa decides to open up next door? You're drawing a customer group who like ribs you open up next door, it's free marketing for you, you can compare your ribs to the next person's ribs, and if they happen to just have a secret sauce that sets theirs apart, what made you special is no longer special, is it? I'd like to hear from you, 021-446-0567-011-8830702. What makes your business special? Talking to you tonight, I want to hear from you. Your business model, where did you get it right? Where did you get it wrong? That's the big thing. Just getting to presentation as well, Pav. Presentation, sometimes you walk into a supermarket and it's an absolute mess. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you walk in, the shelves are full. It's looking fantastic. I'd rather go there. Well, you'd rather go there, and probably it's right to rather go there. But what if the shelves are not full, and what if the atmosphere created in that other store just simply resonates with you? And this is, start, this is what gets us to the essence of being special. So here's the thing, Ray. You cannot be all things to all people as an entrepreneur running a business, because if you are, you become nothing to anyone. It's incredibly hard to be, as a small business, somebody competing on price. Because if someone with bigger pockets or a bigger business or extra stores can buy more of the same product at a better price, you've lost the price game. And that's why we see very, very few independent supermarkets lying around. Mostly today, it's these large, big brands where they buy on bulk and they can sell on price as an advantage. So it, it, it's going to depend very much on what the product is, 
whether your store should be locked and loaded or whether it should be light and flighty. But that's always going to be the case. I remember with uh, Raymond Ackerman and Pick and Pay when it all came out, and he was very clever. He said, buy in bulk, come to us, you'll get a great deal, and he made billions out of that. And look at where the supermarkets are today. They all fight on price. In essence, they're all fighting on price. So let's just go back to this notion of being special. The way to best assess it in your business is to ask quite a tough question. If you turn around and say, would I buy my business today if it weren't for me? In other words, if I'm not in my business today, would I buy it? The question you're asking is, well, would someone buy it? In other words, could it be sold? And if what you have to distinguish you from the next person in the same business as you is your croissant recipe, I think it's very unlikely you're going to be able to sell it. And if you do, you'll be a price taker, not a price maker. Oh, I like that. Let's go to Francois in Pretoria East. Hi, Francois. Francois? No, no Francois in Pretoria East. We'll try and get Hello? Him. Yeah, there Hello? you go. There you are, Francois in Pretoria East. Uh, you say people are the difference between success and failure. Explain that. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not a business owner, but I, I work in the, in the medical industry. And if you look at the companies that are successful versus the ones that are not successful, I mean, the products are pretty much on par. It's the, the way that people sell it and the way the people are invested into the people. I mean, I was in Cape Town the last couple of days and in the restaurant business. Uh, we went to two restaurants that were excellent, one that was awful. And the difference wasn't the food, it was the people that worked there, the waiters, uh, the maitre d', Everybody, the people make the difference, uh, which I think then leads to success. Okay, Francois just hit on the essence of being special. What makes your business special, Ray, is the way that your customers experience you. So if you're running an, an organ, a, a business of any sort, you're not going to be able to serve every single person in and around the country because people have got different socioeconomic backgrounds, they've got different levels of need, they've got different wants, they've got different desires, etc., etc., etc. So that particular restaurant that Francois went to was geared around providing a service mm. to people of a certain socio-economic background, and you're going to pay for that service. The experience that that individual has in your restaurant, from the decor to the way that the waiters were trained to treat you, to the standard of food, the speed of delivery, the warmth of the food, the price points. What that restaurant is saying is I'm not here to serve everybody. I'm here to serve a collection of people who are very similar, and I'm going to build my entire business and everything I do in it, from the design to the plates to the decor to the menu to the food to the price points to my supply chain to everything to create a really special experience for those people. At the end of the day, if the quality of the steak is 10% better or 10% worse, it really doesn't matter. But it's that service. It's, it's that the whole experience. Line. It's, the, it's mm. the final experience you have from that business in the way it delivered that product or service to you. But, but aren't South Africans hungry for that? You know, you, you go to a supermarket and the, the person doesn't greet you and they throw your things across the counter. We've all had that experience. I don't want to go back there. You don't want to go back, but we, we, we're kind of a bit hamstrung. You know, this is one of the most interesting features. Customer service is one of the most interesting features, in my view. There, there are a couple of things holding back internet retailing. And one of the things, obviously, is the, the fact that we just don't have decent bandwidth over here. 
You know, I travel, I'm traveling a fair amount this year. And Ray, I go into some rural areas in Europe where the bandwidth at the, at the beach hut that I'm getting for free is mm. better than the bandwidth I can get in my own office. So bandwidth is a big issue. But another big issue is this. If you are not used to good customer service, will you ever, ever buy online? Because you're terrified that if you buy online, because in South Africa we don't have great customer service, you're not going to be able to actually sort out the problem on the product that you've bought. So the best way to start an online business, and we're digressing with the topic a little bit, but the best way to start an online business is establish a physical footprint first mm. and on the back of that provide excellent customer experience. Then people will start trusting you and moving to shopping online to reach you. See, that's what you want. Tino in Pretoria, hi. Hi, how are you, sir? Good, good. Now, you want some advice on how to grow your uh, soap business. Go for it. Yes. Uh, I would like to ask Pablo. Pablo, my, I'm into making soap. My soap is called Ugogo Super Soap. It's a laundry soap. So, uh, basically, I've been making it for a month now. But what I would like to know from you is how do I grow my soap business? I've managed to give away samples to people in the townships especially my melody. I've given all my samples, and they say, oh, your soap is very good. It washes. We like it. But now to get that big market, to get it to more people, it's a problem for me. So how do I go about it? Yeah, you know, it's not so easy because in many instances, soap, soap, especially the soap that you're selling, is going to be bought on price. So yes. you're competing against some very big brands, probably Sunlight, probably Lifebuoy, a couple of those yep. types of brands, they're well-established. They have a long heritage and tradition in the market you're serving. And the big difference yes. between what you could do and perhaps what they could do is the way that you make it available to your customers. I don't know if you're able to, because I'm not sure which township you're busy selling in, but I don't know if you can create perhaps a very different way of distributing soap. In other words, taking the soap to your customers instead of expecting them to buy the soap from you. If you can start providing a service beyond the product, and that service is convenient, but you can do so at a price that competes with the current products in the market. That's something that would make you special. It would set you apart because your soap is good. On the other hand, the other soaps are good. Really, to say that my soap is better than the other soaps out there is not enough of a differentiator. You've got to make yourself special by the way you're servicing that customer. And, you know, the best advice I can give you is go and ask them how they want to buy your soap. Go and ask them what you need to do for them to buy your soap every month. And the answer will lie in that. Love it, Tina. I hope it helps. That's uh, Tina. We'll have to leave it there. Tina in Pretoria. Taking some of your calls now, 021-446-0567, Speaking to Pablo Fatidis from Auric Business Incubator about what makes your business special. Bobby in Northcliffe, thanks for holding. Hello. I just want to make a point here. Um, uh, Two points, actually, two different things uh, about how the, the consumer in South Africa gets the rawest deal in the world. So right. On any product you care to name. For example, when Walmart opens here, the South African uh, branch will be the most profitable in the world. Do you know why? Because in America, buying in bulk you don't get any advantage over the, the corner cafe. It's illegal to, for the, the, the big entrepreneur to pay less. Did you know that? No, I wasn't aware of that. I'm quite surprised to okay, hear that. Okay, check mm. that out. Uh, the other thing, 
every commodity through taxes and carte blanche on the part of big business costs more here. Any car you care to name, you will pay between 50 and 60% less in Australia or America. Did you know that? Yeah, but Bobby, do you know what the real reason is for that? In real terms, I mean, in real terms, Mm. in dollars. Mm. Okay, so, so let me just give you an insight into, for example, the food industry. The food industry is a very interesting industry because yeah. if you look at the price of food inflation, food inflation, it exceeds CPIX and all the other measures that we use. Yeah. You know, very suddenly the bag that you get from the supermarket that used to cost 200 rand is the same bag a year later is costing 300 rand almost. That's about a 30% jump in certain cases. And what's really interesting about the let's call it the big supply chain in South Africa, the big suppliers of raw materials that feed businesses, that manufacture products that get sold to consumers, is that it's very, very concentrated. For example, in South Africa, there's one manufacturer that makes vinegar, one manufacturer for the entire country. And if you're in a situation, if you are that manufacturer, that's not a bad place to be because Mm -hmm. you can hike your prices up above inflation, you know, there are very few choices for manufacturers to buy vinegar from other places. And through that, the pricing gets translated. And yeah, what's interesting but, but, about it is that government legislation now that's coming out is attempting to transform the economy in that sense. And can I you, say something? Please do. Um, if we manufacture a car, say, in Utenaig, you know, or Port Elizabeth or wherever, we export it to Australia, uh, there are, I can name examples, recent. You pay 50% more mm. for that car because we are ripped off here. I see where you're going. Okay, Bobby Northup, we get the gist of what you're trying to say. Look, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a two-edged thing. It's Do you win there or do you win here? Yeah, you know, it's it's not even really it's mm. it's not even it doesn't even come down to that. There was a really interesting study that was done in two thousand and eight, and it was done by Standard and Poor. You know the rating agency. Yeah, yeah. And they turned around and they said, "Hang on a minute, we're concerned about the stability of the South African economy," mm. and it wasn't because of any really clever insight or anything. They basically turned around and figured out very quickly that eighty percent of all economic activity in South Africa sits in the hands of about 300 very large businesses who've cornered the market in many instances. And in that environment, competition is going to be softer, supply chains are going to be softer. It makes it really hard for consumers to get the absolute best deal. It's left up to one or two big giants to fight with each other. And at the end and of the, we get the raw deal. And we might well get mm. the raw deal. Mm. And that's led to, for example, the news earlier with regard to the cost intervention in the cell phone industry. Mm-hmm. It leads to an environment where typically a government or government-related body stands up and says, hang on a minute, consumers are complaining, this doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem right. And after doing an investigation, it gets righted. In other instances where you have, perhaps have a more deregulated environment, there's going to be more vicious competition in amongst businesses out there, and perhaps the consumer will get a better deal. Mm. But it really, it, it, a lot of it cannot, we, you cannot ignore the history from where we come from. It, uh, uh, the structure of our economy has okay. led to this. We've got one minute. Just to wrap it up, how do you make your business special? The most important yeah. thing you've got to do is you've got to decide what kind of customer you want to serve. You've got to define what they look like, what socioeconomic background they're from what gender, what culture, what needs they have, what desires they have, and then think about creating 
everything in your business to give them the ultimate experience that that group of customers would want. You therefore cannot be all things to all people. Because if you do, you'll be nothing to everyone. Get that right. And that's something no one can ever take away from you. But I love the way you said that conveyor belt of, ex- of, of your, the experience that you have from the good service the whole way along, the experience. Nothing matches that. Nothing matches it if you've defined your customer group properly. It needs to resonate with them. Pablo Fatidi is director and CEO of the Auric Business Incubator. Great to have you on The Money Show. <laughs>